back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith, and I'm here to bring you the preview show ahead of Bayern Munich's big Bundesliga matchup against FC Augsburg. It's a big matchup because they all are these days. Bayern Munich is under a little bit of duress here when it comes to injuries. They're chasing Bayer Leverkusen. It is absolutely 100% a game that Bayern Munich must have despite all that. There is no room for another slip-up like we saw last weekend against Werder Bremen. Bayern did rebound with a midweek win over Union Berlin, but things did not look all that great. I'll have to be honest. Uh, I did the post-game show after the match, and like I said on that, you know, I get the whole a win is a win thing, and you needed the three points, so I'm glad they got that. However, things are still not looking great, especially in the attack. It is kind of funny that the Defense and midfield get more maligned than the offense, and I think that that's partly because Thomas Tuchel favors some of his attackers over some of his other players, but it's really the attack that if they were functioning at the level that they should be, none of these games would ever be in question, but right now things are not clicking, and despite the fact that Byron was really dominant in just about every aspect of the match, it was tough to come out of it feeling great about it. It just was boring at times and and you you're watching that offense and that attack be so ineffective you're watching them misfire on cross after cross you're seeing them not not make shots that quite frankly other teams are making at this point in the season so uh very disappointing i would say but i took it as a step forward and progress just because they won and they did so in in a dominant style it's such a weird dichotomy there right because they were dominant in every statistical aspect but they just didn't look good in doing it so it's like the the ultimate like the eye test versus analytics it really had me torn because what i saw i was not super happy with but when you look at the end result and the statistics it's like wow byron really was in complete control of that match for the entirety so if you saw the union berlin match and even if you didn't, check out the post-game show. would like to get your thoughts on how you perceived that match because I was kind of torn on everything. In the end, I'm trying to be optimistic and take that as progress. So, so anyway, that all leads into FC Augsburg. And like we always do with the preview show, we're going to take a look at where each team is in the table. Bayern Munich, after 18 match days, is sitting in second place behind Bayer Leverkusen. Bayern has... 14 wins, two draws, two losses. That's good for 44 points. Puts them four points behind Bayer Leverkusen, who has 48. They have 15 wins and three draws with zero losses. Uh, Bayern Munich has 53 goals for, 16 against. Good for a goal differential of 37. Bayer Leverkusen's goal differential is 36. So they're very similar in that respect. Leverkusen's defense has been a little bit better. Bayern's offense has scored a little bit more. Over the course of Bayern Munich's last five games, they have four wins and one loss. That loss was a 1-0 defeat at the hands of Werder Bremen last Sunday. And, of course, the last match was Union Berlin. Uh, Bayern picked up a 1-0 victory there. As for FC Augsburg, this is one of those weird teams that's sitting in the middle of the table. And for whatever reason, Augsburg can look decent some days and horrific other days it's, it's a very weird team and the fact that they're in 10th which i know it doesn't sound all that impressive but they are ahead of some quality teams and they have in my mind 
probably exceeded expectations thus far. Uh, but that whole spot, the the eighth position down to the 14th position, I mean, you could see some wild movement among those teams in the next few weeks. But Augsburg through 18 match days, five wins, six draws, seven losses. That's good for 21 points. It's the same point total as Wolfsburg, who sits in 11th. But uh, Augsburg has 26 goals, 433 against, which, funny enough, is the same goal differential, negative uh, seven as Heidenheim, which is in ninth place, and Wolfsburg, which is in 11th. Uh, over the course of their last five games, Augsburg has one win, one draw, and three losses. Augsburg did take down Borussia Mönchengladbach last weekend 2-1. Prior to that, Augsburg pushed Bayer Leverkusen to the limit uh, in the week previous where they lost a 1-0 uh, game to Bayer Leverkusen. So it was definitely, this is definitely a team at Augsburg that can be competitive, can be good when they're on point. When they're not on point, you see things like we did back on December 19th when they dropped a thrill, 3 0 uh, game to VFB Stuttgart. It's, it's just a, it's a crazy team to watch in a lot of ways because they shouldn't. <laughs> In some ways, I feel like they shouldn't be as competitive with clubs like Borussia Dortmund or Bayer Leverkusen like they have been, but they find a way to pull it together. They have some talent that I think could be a problem for Bayern Munich. Uh, when you scan their roster, you do see some very familiar names. You see some Bundesliga veterans who have been there. They, they've been through the ringer in the league, but you don't see any stars that just jump out. And I think that's one of the things that that they've been able to really build upon is they don't have that star player. They don't have uh, any one person that you would look to and say that, that that is the key figure of the squad. This is more of a group effort. The good part of that is you get that collective mentality going and it does allow you to do some really good things. The bad part is you just don't have the star power or the talent to compete in certain games, but I will give Jess Thorup some, some credit as, as the coach, he has done a good job in keeping everyone moving forward and pushing forward, despite the fact that, they, quite frankly, this is not an overly deep or talented team. They just work really hard. So Bayern Munich will have its, its hands full in dealing with Augsburg this weekend, especially given some of the injuries that Bayern Munich is facing. In the Union Berlin match, we did see that Daya Upamakano will, will probably be out up to three weeks. Conrad Limer picked up a knock. He'll be out up to six, and some reports say eight weeks, which is disastrous. The other injury that was <laughs> that was on the table, and this one could really hurt Bayern, uh, Yoshua Kimmich picked up a shoulder injury, but we're unclear at the time of this recording if Kimmich is going to be able to play. And if he's not, that is really going to tie Thomas Tuchel's hands. I, I don't think that, uh, that that missing Kimmich is something that anyone at Bayern wants to deal with. And, and listen, I know it's not been a banner season for Kimmich. I know he's not getting along with Tuchel. They are not aligned on what his role should be. But missing him right now during this stage of the season would, would be very difficult to deal with. So we'll hope that Kimmich is able to play and that his shoulder injury is nothing serious because Byron is strapped right now. This is, this is a team that has great talent, but with so many injuries and international duty wreaking havoc on the back line, 
this is this is a squad that's in a little bit of trouble if they can't figure it out and, and find a way to just navigate through this. And you might say, well, what about the transfer window? At least it's open for the next, what, five, six days. Who knows what's going on with that? Just yesterday, we saw reports dropped that Bayern Munich was was probably done looking for a right back because they couldn't reach a deal with Newcastle and Kieran Trippier. We could not, or Bayern Munich could not, find any way to work with PSG on Nordi Mukiele. This is definitely a situation where Bayern might have looked to, to get out of the running a little bit too early. And when Limer went down in the match against Union Berlin, they might have to start working the phones once again, because uh, missing six weeks of Limer with Nassar Mizrawi already banged up and, and not even with the team right now, because he's with Morocco. Th this is not a good spot. In the end, when you look at things, uh, that loan of Josip Stanisic, which really should have been beneficial for both Bayern and Stanisic because it should have given him more of an opportunity to play at a high level. It should have given much more game film for the club to analyze and figure out uh, what they really have in him. It, it's kind of busted and, <laughs> and it hasn't worked because he's not playing as much, though he is playing more now, as I think Bayern would have liked. But... They absolutely need the kid now because they need a right back. They need a center back. They could use help in the defensive midfield, all positions that he can play. And, and that's not even to mention that he can play left back as well. I mean, he the kid can play anywhere across the back line, plus fill in as a six. Uh, in the end, and I was someone who was a proponent of the Stanisic loan because I wanted to see him get more playing time. It just hasn't worked out like Bayern Munich would have wanted and they needed him and I think one of the reasons that that Stanisic, that Bayern felt so calmly about sending Stanisic on loan is because Tuchel was okay with it and didn't really see value in him. And unfortunately, when, you know, and listen, I don't, we did see some reports about that back when the loan happened that Tuchel, you know, didn't really have a plan for Stanisic this season, so it made him expendable. But what I will say is, the fact that he's that versatile and you, you lost someone like Benjamin Pavar already last summer, it probably leaned more towards Stanisic staying than leaving because just quite frankly, because of what he could do and where he could play. So I'll take the L on that because I was a proponent of the move and I thought it would be good for Stanisic. And while I always had doubts about how good it would be for the club, I just thought it was a necessary move to really make a decision on what to do with this kid, because he's reaching a point now where you either have to invest him in him and make him a part of your regular rotation, or you have to sell him because he's just getting to that age where something has to happen and his value is at a point where it's probably not going to get any higher. And if you're going to sell him, you have to maximize on that. So uh, at least it won't get any higher based on how he's playing at the moment. So Byron has uh, some work to do in the transfer market. And they also have some work to do figuring out a lineup. And that's where we'll rotate to next because I have no idea what Tuchel is going to do. And it's easy to just talk about the injuries and try and sort out where Tuchel's headed with all this. But I have to point this, this stat out because I, I'll be honest, I knew it was bad in the post game, but I didn't realize it was this bad. Both Kingsley Coman and Leroy Sané went 0 for 9 on their crosses against Union Berlin, which if you're a math major already tells you they went over 18. So when your starting wingers are performing that poorly in crossing the ball, especially to someone like Harry Kane, who, who can do so much and score in a variety of ways, 
it's a problem. And, and I'm starting to get a little bit worried about that situation for a couple of reasons, because one, Thomas Muller looked infinitely better playing the wing than Kingsley Coman, which shouldn't be happening given that Muller's 34 and he's not really a wing. But I'm also a little worried, and I'll talk about this in the weekend warm-up podcast more in depth, but I'm worried that that Sané is not really feeling the wing position anymore. I think we're starting to see him drift more and more centrally, which I think is not only crowding Kane's space and pushing him back deeper more, I also think it's leaving gaps on, on the offensive flank, which quite frankly is hurting Bayern Munich as teams seek to quickly counterattack. It's giving them an easy out to, to get up the field. So I'm a little bit worried about some of the players and how they're playing, but uh, Tuchel's going to have to roll out a lineup. So let's figure it out. So let's just assume for version number one here that Kimmich's shoulder is good and he's healthy. If that is the case, then we'll see Manuel Neuer and that. With Tice DeLict and Eric Dyer as the center backs, that'll be very interesting to watch play out. I actually thought both players did well against Union Berlin. Uh, I thought Dyer was was solid. I don't think he did anything poor. I don't think it was especially bad in any way. And I thought he just came in and did his job, did, did what he was supposed to do. And if you're a backup center back, a backup right back, just that versatile piece that the team wanted, you just want solid play. You're not looking for anything spectacular. And I think Dyer came in and did just that. Delict, I think, is you know in the midst of picking his game back up, coming after a Hinrunda where he was injured for the most part. He's really got to win over Tuchel if he wants to stay at Bayern Munich, and I guess it's very questionable at this point if he actually does. But either way, he's going to want to put forth good performances, and he's going to have to show it against Augsburg, who I'm sure will be looking to test those center backs. At left back, this gets very interesting because Rafael Guerrero had the game-winning goal as a left back against Union Berlin while he was filling in for the bench to Alfonso Davies. Uh, I think Tuchel has no choice but to play Guerrero again at left back, especially given some of the injuries going on. And I know this this is probably not ideal for Davies, and it's certainly not ideal with the situation Davies has with the club at the moment because he's been linked to several big clubs, including Real Madrid, Manchester City, Liverpool, Chelsea. I mean, there are big, deep-pocketed clubs all looking at Davies, and I'm sure Bayern wants to keep him happy. However, Guerrero, at the moment, is performing a little bit better. And and again, I'll talk about Davies a little bit more in the weekend warm-up, but I think Tuchel's going to ride the hot hand with Guerrero, mostly because he, he's going to need to play Kimmich as a right-back if Kimmich is healthy. So assuming there's that Kimmich is healthy, it'll be a back-four. In the central midfield, I think we will see Leon Goretzka and Alexander Pavlovich. I think this is a good time to bring Pavlovich back into the eleven. The only thing that could switch up with this is if if Tuchel does opt to bring Davies back in, we could see Guerrero slide into the central midfield and take Pavlovich's spot or Goretzka's spot, quite frankly, because we all know that Tuchel doesn't seem to uh, really favor Goretzka at all. Despite what he says that, you know, he issued a quote after the Union Berlin game saying he didn't have a problem with Goretzka and he doesn't think Goretzka has a problem with him. That was the biggest bunch of nonsense I've I've ever seen. That was more coach speak than anything, but Tuchel couldn't even formulate it to come out right because by saying it, it made it sound like they have a problem. Anyway, so in my mind, we'll see Goretzka and Pavlovich, but keep bear in mind that if Davies is in the lineup, then Guerrero's coming in for one of them in the central midfield because Tuchel favors Guerrero. That's how it works. Uh, in this 4-2-3-1 formation, we would see Jamal Musiala as the attacking midfielder, I think we'll see Leroy Sané switch back over to the left side at wing. We'll see Harry Kane at striker. 
And I'm going to predict Thomas Muller will start at wing because Kingsley Coman, I just don't think has done enough. And I think he hasn't been good. And I think this has been going on for a while. And if, if Tuchel doesn't start Muller in this spot, I mean, it tells you, I think all you need to know about where he sees Muller in terms of value, despite what any, despite what Tuchel has said in the past. I mean, this is an opportunity. You have wings that are underperforming. You could really argue that Sané is slumping. You could argue that Coman just hasn't lived up to his potential. It's time. Wouldn't shock me to, to see Matisse Tell get the nod either, but I mean, Tuchel's going to have to sort out how he wants this to work. And if he's going to continue to ride players he favors rather than ride the players who are performing, this is where you could run in some issues. Now, if it was me, I would throw Musiala at wing and put Muller as the 10, but obviously Tuchel and I are not aligned. He's not accepting my phone calls or texts at this moment. Big shock. Uh, anyway, so in that back four alignment, we would see Neuer, Delict, Dyer, Guerrero, Kimmich, Goretzka, Pavlovich, Musiala, Kane, Sané, and Muller. Now, I'm going to give an alternative because if Kimmich can't play, I think Tuchel's going to have to revert back to something that he mentioned when the team acquired Eric Dyer, and that's the ability to play a back three, which if I had sound effects, I would insert shrieking and screams of horror from I Need No Name and everybody else at BFW who was anti-back three. But we could see it just based on the availability of players and who might actually be able to line up in this one. So if we see a back three, and this this is absolutely nutty, and I'd be very curious to see what would happen if, if Tuchel had to do this. Uh, I think what Tuchel would do is play Neuer at goalkeeper, obviously. Use a back three of Matthijs Delict, Eric Dyer, and Leon Goretzka. Uh, he would have wingbacks of Alfonso Davies and Kingsley Coman, central midfield of Rafael Guerrero and Alexander Pavlovich. Two attacking midfielders in Jamal Musiala and Leroy Sané and a striker of Harry Kane. So that would be more of a 3-4-2-1 setup. I think he would bypass using Muller if they use a back three and would rely on Coman, who I actually thought, when given the opportunity, looked better as a wing back than he has his wing. Uh, and that was mostly playing under Julian Nagelsmann. But either way, uh, assuming Kimmich can't go, I do think using a back three like that would be a possibility. So that's just food for thought. And we'll see what Tuchel actually does. Uh, he obviously could go a lot of different ways. We didn't account for Franz Kratzig, who could get pushed into the mix, or, or Matisse Tell, really, who could come in and play a couple of different roles if Tuchel decides to, to change the formation. We have seen him kind of toy around with a 4-4-2 at times as well. So who knows what Tuchel will do. He'll be in the laboratory cooking something up, trying to figure out a way to beat FC Augsburg. As for a prediction on the match, I think Byron's going to stay hot. Well, I know, stay hot. It's all relative, right? They won a game on Wednesday. I think I think that they're going to pick up a victory. Probably a better way to say it. And I think it will be a 3-1 win over X FC Augsburg. I I guess I should get off those 4-0 predictions because that didn't result in anything close to four goals in either of the last two games. So I guess I should, should get off that number. But 3-1, Bayern Munich will go on the road to Augsburg, pick up the victory. If they don't, I think you have to start uh, raising the banners here because it's going to get ugly for Thomas Tuchel. Uh, this could be really bad if they go on the road and lose to Augsburg because this is not an Augsburg team, quite frankly, that Bayern Munich should lose to, especially in this spot, knowing what's at stake. 
So that'll about do it for the preview show. As I said, check out the weekend warm up podcast, which will also drop today. Uh, that should be a good one where I hit on a lot of the topics that have been really uh, discussed heavily at BFW. And uh, it'll give me a chance to go a little bit longer on some of the situations involving Joshua Kimmich, Alfonso Davies, and, and some other players. As always, you can get me at the Barrel Blog on Twitter. You can get the site at Bavarian FB Works. You can get our tweetmeister, Tom Adams, at TommyAdams71. You can get I Need No Name at BFWINNN. You can get Siler at CYL3R. You can get all of our great podcasters and writers at BavarianFootballWorks.com. Have a couple of beers on me. Enjoy the game this weekend, and we will see you next time.